I'm James Milley. And I'm Alex Mito. And this is The Artist Business Plan, your favorite weekly business podcast for artist entrepreneurs, hosted by Superfine Art Fair. What is going on, business artists? You are listening to The Artist Business Plan, which means that you are certifiably awesome. As you know, if you've been listening with us, I am James Milley, the managing partner and co-founder of Superfine Art Fair, the most widespread art fair for artists in the United States, and one of the top resources for all things art, artists, and marketing of your art. Today, we've got Sandeep Johal here with us on the mic. Sandeep is going to share an awesome masterclass with you today on how to pursue an art career at any stage in life. I don't know about you, but I am so excited to hear what she has to say. But first, I've got an amazing offer here just for you AVP listeners. Artists, have you ever felt anxious, alone, and not sure about the next move for your career? Good news, those days are over. For nearly six years, we've taken thousands of hours to develop the best art fair model for artists out there. Superfine art fairs have helped hundreds of artists just like you take control of their careers, build relationships with collectors, and create the art income and freedom that you deserve. For a limited time, we are offering you the chance to not only get a great discount on your booth, but also appear on this very podcast as a special guest, reaching thousands of artists, art influencers, collectors, and arts professionals every day. To find out how you can take advantage of this incredible opportunity, just visit www.superfine.world offer to learn more. We can't wait to welcome you to the Superfine community and start helping you sell more art today. All right, so we are back here with Sandeep Johal, and we are ready to change the way that you think about your art career. Sandeep Johal is a Canadian visual artist whose practice engages drawing, collage, textiles, and large-scale murals. Johal has worked on a number of notable site-specific commissions, including a mural project for the Vancouver Art Gallery. Johal contributed several illustrations to the book Stories for South Asian Supergirls. She has been an artist-in-residence at Burrard Arts Foundation and Indian Summer Festival, as well as the 2019 recipient of the Darpen Magazine Artistic Visionary Award. Welcome to the Artist Business Plan, Sandeep. Thanks so much, James. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And thanks for being here. Uh, Now, before we dive into it, Sandeep, uh, I want to ask you something to help our listeners get to know the real you. (laughs) What is the earliest memory that you have of art? Um, I have a terrible memory. Um, I'm really trying to think about this. Um, I know my friends remembered when we were in kindergarten, the teacher asked us to take our pencils for a walk on our papers, I think. And then I just started drawing this imaginary spider in the air and they thought it was super weird, but like, I don't remember it at all. Um, all I know is that I just drew all the time as a kid. I I love that. I I love taking your pencils for a walk. That's such a... Uh, such a fun way to look at it. I've never heard that, but I love that. (laughs) Um, well, thank you for sharing. Uh, and let's go ahead and jump into the rest of the questions that we have for you. Um, so your show, what if is the name of the show, uh, reimagines your teenage bedroom as young adults, there can definitely be shame behind expressing yourself. Um, so how can art empower the younger generation to not be afraid to express themselves? That's a great question. Um, I mean, I think it's easier now because there's so much more access and awareness than when I was growing up in the 80s um, because I grew up pre-internet, so I didn't have the global access that we have now. And I just think, you know, when you're 
when you're making art, that is how you're expressing yourself. And there's no right or wrong way to create. So it's really, truly a, a reflection of who you are. And I feel like we can get so bogged down with shame. And that's part of what What If is about. It's me reimagining and revisiting my teenage bedroom and wondering what my life could have been like had I had access to South Asian female role models that were really daring and defiant and wondering why I didn't have access to them in my home, in my community and the community at large. Um, And so, you know, a lot of you can feel a lot of shame when you're growing up and not seeing yourself represented in pop culture or in the media, you know, in all of that, that sort of digital sphere that you consume. And I know I definitely felt it like I did feel at some points in my, you know, formative years, like, why don't I see people who look like me out in the world on TV and in all of these shows that I watch and all this music I consume? Um, And then you start kind of questioning, like, do I have less value? Um, Is my culture not as important? And as a result, you know, like I did kind of turn my back on my culture, which I feel so ashamed of as an adult. but. It was just kind of where I was at that point in my life. Wow. I mean, that's that's so much to unpack right there. But mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, it sounds like the the point of the show, but also what your work is about just in general is really embracing that. And um, I, I truly agree that everyone should have role models, uh, especially seeing people in the world who look like them because... I mean, that's so important. Like you said, like it, it makes you start to wonder, oh, is there something wrong with me? Like, mm. is there, you know, like, why don't the people I look up to look anything like me? I mean, that's mm. that's not what anyone should have to be going through. So I, I think that it makes what your show is about so important. Um, yeah. And you feel like, is there no space for me, you know, out there in the world? And then you have to find other ways to kind of fill up that space. And I think the main sort of focus for me for the show was telling my own story, but creating a space where younger South Asian women could come and they could learn the stories of the South Asian women that are embedded in the show. So in, in the form of like textiles and printed matter and objects. And I also did a, a wallpaper with 13 of the women from the show. And so these younger women are coming and they're looking at these other South Asian role models, you know, these pioneers, trailblazers, vigilantes, and they're getting to see another story that they didn't get to hear when they were growing up. And I just feel like if you don't know who came before you, how do you know what you can achieve? You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, history is the whole point of it is that, you know, we're layering things on top of each other. So we're not always just starting from square square mm-hmm. one. Um, so yeah understanding the your own cultural history i mean that's you you don't have to be going into things blindly you can really understand uh exactly your own past but then also kind of what your own next step is uh in the world which is hugely important for sure yeah and and you also realize that hey well that woman did it maybe i can push those boundaries and i can think outside the box and i can achieve these things that people don't think I can or don't want me to. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, mm-hmm. and again, it's it's sort of it's a, a place to build off of instead of instead of just 
being completely on your own. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so kind of perhaps tying into that, or if you'd like to, uh, we can, we can branch off from, uh, from it, but my next question for you, um, so you began pursuing art at 40. Um, mm-hmm. so, I mean, obviously it sounds like, uh, you've, you've been constantly drawing, uh, even from a younger age, but kind of more pursuing it as a career, I assume, um, since, since you were 40. Mm-hmm. Um, so what advice do you have for people out there who want to push themselves to create? Yeah, I mean, I think it's so important that all of us create in some way, you know, especially as adults. Um, and I want to reiterate that it's never too late to change your life. You know, like there is no statute of limitations on your dreams, but it does require a lot of internal work and then actual work. You know what I mean? So you have to show up and you just have to do it. Absolutely. No, and it, it's... I I know from personal experience that I will build things up in my mind so much mm-hmm. that I just don't even do it. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. like, let me wait for all of the stars to align for everything <laughs> to be perfect. And then I can start actually doing things. Um, yeah, sometimes the most important thing to do is just dive in, get the momentum going, yeah. start off with something simple and then and then build up from there. Yeah. And that's such a good point, like about just going for it, because I think we let our perfectionism hold us back and we think everything has to be perfect. And as women, we feel everything has to be even more perfect in order to be valuable. But it's okay to just put things that are unfinished out there in the world. You know, it doesn't have to have, you know, every T crossed and every I dotted because there is beauty in those sort of unfinished pieces or those works in progress. Yeah. And there's also something kind of innately part of being an artist where people really like being a part of an artist's journey. And mm-hmm. when someone is buying your art, it's like they're they're getting to buy a little piece of your life. So it's okay that you have like early works and then later works. Like, you know, people are are already familiar with that concept. So you can have something where it's it's you exploring and and finding your own style and and really kind of figuring things out it it doesn't mean that your art isn't uh worth sharing with people or worth starting to make until you've truly figured everything out um because to go from from zero to to everything all at once mm-hmm. is also completely unrealistic so it, it is totally. part of the journey <laughs> um, yeah. and even just like you know, being authentic with who you are as a person and who you are as an artist and creating the work that you want to create. You know, there's so much pressure like, oh, maybe I should paint some cacti because they're really hot right now, or I should use the color pink because people love it. But it's like, create the work that you want to make because people really respond to that authenticity. Yeah, that authenticity. And then also the other side of it is, even though what you're making is completely unique to yourself, if there's something that you're really drawn to, chances are there's a whole group of people in the world who are drawn to similar things. So yeah. if you if you want to be drawing, uh, you know, I don't know, rocks instead of cacti or whatever, <laughs> whatever it is you want to be drawing uh, or, or making, you know, it's going to resonate with a certain audience. So it's just a matter of finding that audience. Um, yeah, you'll find those freaks out there. Like, there's, <laughs> honestly, there's something for everyone. Absolutely. 
<laughs> um, so as much as we just said, don't let you know yourself build up too much and and wait for your art career. I do want to ask you, mm. uh, what are five of the steps that you took to begin pursuing your art career seriously? Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, it's been definitely a very convoluted journey for me, for sure. But um, I did end up going to art school for two years from 2005 to 2007. And after art school, I was like, I'm going to be an artist. And I just failed miserably. I was broke, stressed, depressed. I had no idea how to be an artist because they didn't teach you business practices back then. Um, And so I, I didn't know how to run a business. I didn't know how to network. I hate that word, but like, you know, build relationships. Um, And I didn't have any clear goals. So I didn't really know what I was working towards. Um, So for me, having a kid and a midlife crisis were kind of like the first step. So, you know, having my son at almost 40 years old was like such a life-changing experience for obvious reasons, but also really shifted my perspective. And I was like, I've spent the first 40 years of my life not doing what I've wanted to do my whole life. I can't spend the next 40 not doing what I want to do. And so at that time, you know, opportunity and timing coincided. And I had the opportunity to finally leave my job. And I had the opportunity to stay home with my son and work on my art practice. And, you know, again, through the generous support of my husband. And then with, in terms of timing, I was ready for it. Like I, I wanted to be a role model for my son and show him that you can follow your dreams and you can live the life that you're meant to live, you know, and I want him to see that in me growing up so that he knows he can do that as well. Um, another step was commitment. I, I feel like sometimes people have these grand ideas of like, I want to be an artist. It's so cool and glamorous, but it's really not in a lot of ways. Like it's a lot of work and you have to commit to yourself. You have to commit to your practice. So for me, I started drawing every day just to get into that practice of using my hands and just sort of, you know, drawing with no expectation. Um, and just kind of seeing like, what symbols and images and motifs and patterns would show up repeatedly. And through that, I developed my visual vocab and I got better and I got faster and I got more confident. And I always think like, how can you get worse at something the longer that you do it? Right? Like you can only get better. Um, Yeah. And oh, sorry. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And then another uh, step was putting myself out there and building relationships. And I think this is a key one because people always ask me, like, how do you get your projects? And my projects generally come through word of mouth and people that I've built relationships with. So that is so important. And back in 2016, um, when I was on my mat leave, I met Jamie Smith, who's an artist in Vancouver, and she was feeling really isolated in her practice. And she wanted to talk to other artists about the business aspects of making art and also just sort of you know, all of those emotions and feelings that come up through your art practice. And so she started meeting very uh, casually with a group of artists every month. And then she turned that into a business where she created Thrive Art Studio and invited artists into mastermind groups. And every month we would meet, it was like a group of eight or 10 uh, female artists. And we would talk about the business aspect of being an artist and talk about any struggles we were having. And at that point, I hadn't 
really started my art practice. So I didn't really have much to show in terms of the art, but in terms of the business, I learned so much. And then I met my art consultant through Jamie, um, Penny Lane Chen. And so I've been working with her for the last five and a half years. And her knowledge and expertise and generosity has made my work so much better. And I don't think my work would be at the level it is right now if it weren't for Penny Lane and Jamie's insights. And so, you know, it's like really forming those relationships, you know, with people who have the know-how that you don't necessarily have, but also investing in yourself and believing that you're worth investing in. Um, And then one more person that was really instrumental in my early year was David Vertesi. And so he was the co-founder of Van Mural Festival. And I just reached out to him randomly when I found out this mural festival was starting in Vancouver and they'd already booked all of the artists, but he was like, you know, your work looks really cool. Like, let's meet for a coffee. So I dragged my son, you know, my two-year-old son to this uh, meeting and David was like, well, you know, uh, maybe you can do like a community chalk Mandela and then, um, you know, we can see what, what could happen next year. And then next year they gave me my first outdoor wall. And that essentially launched my mural career. That's wonderful. Uh, and congrats kind of having this, this career blossom, like not only from uh, your own uh, commitment and, mm-hmm. and, you know, sticking to it, but also the people around you who supported you along the way. Um, so obviously step one, uh, have a midlife crisis. Um, uh, but (laughs) no, no, no. Uh, but definitely with everything that you just mentioned, uh, I would say, uh, the overarching thread that I noticed was just this sense of accountability. Um, and that's something that I've actually noticed, whether it's art or just other things that I'm working on, actually Mm. having someone else in the room, oftentimes, makes me more focused and and makes them more focused if they're also working on something and you just i don't know you feel less inclined to uh like goof off or get distracted because yeah yeah, there's someone watching you (laughs) Um, like just in terms of um you know when i mentioned these you know three really key people that helped me with my art career when i started um you know also being generous to the people that help you you know, and so I support Jamie and Penny Lane and David in all the ways that I can. And I always send them like random thank you texts and thank you emails. And, you know, like I wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't for you. And so, you know, there's people out there who really support others, but others don't support them in in return. And it's really important to acknowledge that and show people gratitude for the support that they give you. Yeah, absolutely. And then I think also, you know, what, even just showing gratitude to people who are supporting you, but kind of going back to the accountability, if you have ways that you are being a role model for someone else, I mean, the way that you're being that for, for your child is, you know, that is a huge level of accountability because now you have this person where if you're not following your dreams, how are you going to tell them to follow their dreams? Uh, Yeah. 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 Like if I hadn't had my son, I'd still be working my dead end job and just like wondering what the point of my life was. Right. Right. So it's, you know, I, you know, con- uh, I think that's wonderful that <laughs> you had this kind of moment of like, hold on a second, <laughs> yeah. let me make sure that I'm doing what I want with life. Um, 
but uh but yeah no i think that those are some incredible um incredible words of, of wisdom yeah um, and like one one more to add to that is also like tackling your inner critic because we are so hard on ourselves and we can say the meanest things to ourselves and especially yes. as artists we're so sensitive and i really had to work hard in in really quieting that voice and maybe not being so attached to it just sort of letting the tape run and listening to what it was saying but not reacting to it in the ways that i was reacting in the past and so in that way, I just started building up a stronger belief in myself and in my skills and abilities, you know, and the fact that like, I can do this, you know, other people are doing it. Like, why can't I do this? Right, exactly. I mean, everyone else that you're, you're looking at and comparing yourself to, first of all, stop comparing yourself. Um, but, uh, but those people, I mean, they, they started off in the same boat as, as you, I mean, you know, basically starting from square one, mm -hmm. they didn't have, uh, any following beforehand. Like, you know, everyone creates their Instagram account at some point you, you are, uh, able to have the career that you want, even if you're comparing yourself to people who, uh, are already further along than you, because you're not, you're not comparing yourself to someone who's at the same stage in their career, yeah. which is, that's kind of the, 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 the clincher there. Yeah. Um, and like, even yeah. like when I'm talking to people, when people are asking me like for advice, I, I always make sure that I say like, your art career can look any way you want it to, right? Like you get to decide, you know, I personally love painting murals. Like I really, I love the physical and mental challenge of it, but you know, I have artists saying, well, should I paint one? I'm like, well, not if you don't want to, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, do you, you don't have to. <laughs> yeah, like know who you are, know your personality. Like I love talking to people. So of course I love talks. I enjoy workshops. But if you don't like public speaking, you don't have to do these things, you know? So you get to take the parts of your art career that you want to and put them all together and create your own unique thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's there's so many possibilities of what you can do and uh no one can literally do all of them and you shouldn't do all of them just mm -hmm. because you'll, you'll spread yourself too thin. Yeah, totally. Um, well, we are going to come right back and Sandeep is going to tell you more about what you want to know about not missing out on your potential and much more. Uh, but first, a message from our sponsors. New York City, San Francisco, Los Angeles, and yes, Miami. These are just a few of the places where you and your art can meet your next collector when you take the next step and exhibit with us at Superfine Art Fairs. For nearly six years, we've taken thousands of hours to develop the best art fair model for artists out there. Superfine Fairs have helped hundreds of artists just like you take control of their careers, build relationships with collectors, and create the art income and freedom that you deserve. For a limited time, we're offering you the chance to not only get a great discount on your booth, but also appear on this very podcast as a special guest, reaching thousands of artists, art influencers, collectors, and arts professionals every day. To find out how you can take advantage of this incredible opportunity, just visit www.superfine.world offer to learn more. Don't miss the chance to be a part of the top business artist community in the world. So your art focuses on social injustices. Mm -hmm. What is your personal most memorable project to date? I have a few, but I think I would choose um, a project of mine called For Jyoti. It was a five-minute animation. 
And so it's dedicated to Jyoti Singh, the young woman who was brutally gang raped in Delhi in 2012 and died of her injuries. Um, it really sparked something in our consciousness. And, you know, especially in India, there were so many protests for months demanding justice. And, you know, in the international community as well, just a lot of sorrow, um, sorrow and outrage. And I know for me, like it really, really impacted me. And I, I just really was grappling with like, how, how do humans do this to each other? And like, how do we live in this system where women are still seen of like seen as objects, you know, for men's desire? Um, you know, and she was a very independent young woman and she was educating herself. And it's almost like she's being punished for that. And so I wanted to create a project around Jyoti Singh, um, honoring her and honoring who she was and her legacy and just preserving her memory. And so I knew at that moment, I was just so angry. I didn't want to bring that into the work. So I just waited until the right moment. And so seven years later in 2019, I was commissioned by Broad Arts Foundation as one of 10 artists to create an animation for Facade Festival. And so they project your animation onto the facade of the Vancouver Art Gallery, which is like a really iconic building in Vancouver. And my challenge was, how do I tell this really awful story, but end it on this note of empowerment? And I worked with an animator, Bambi Edland, and I, at that time, I wasn't digital at all. So I did everything analog. I cut out all the imagery um, out of paper and I made collages and scanned them and then Bambi uh, animated all of them. And so it just starts off telling Jyoti's story. And in the end, you see this woman on a tiger and, you know, that woman on a tiger could be Jyoti. It could be a, a victim of violence. It could be a survivor. It could be any one of us. Um, and then the words that scroll across the facade at the end are rest in power which goes back to the first solo show I had, which was dedicated to 12 women whose murders had really impacted me deeply. And I think just to be able to tell her story on such a grand scale, on such a public platform, it felt like the right place to do it. And, you know, I used my sort of signature shapes and patterns and colors and everything was really bold and colorful and bright. But as you're watching it, you realize that it's about something that's not so fun. You know, it's something that's fairly uncomfortable. It's unfolding before you on the screen, but you're maybe not sure what it is, but you just, you feel a bit uncomfortable. Yeah, no, it reminds me a, a little bit about this one short film I saw. It was, um, I forget what it was called, but it was basically uh, about school shootings and sort of had, it wasn't a, uh, specifically about empowerment. It was actually about the relationship between the parents who they they couldn't, uh, basically they, they were having trouble staying connected to each other after their, their child died in the school mm -hmm. shooting. Um, and so it was sort of a similar challenge artistically in terms of, you know, how do you talk about something that's so awful, but then end it on a note of, of um, some kind of, uh, you know, brighter future where it was like the, the mm -hmm. two parents learned to kind of 
continue to to love each other um, and and be connected to each other. And so that was kind of like the point, but it's also bringing to light this this awful, awful thing that happened and should not be happening. Um, so you were you were tasked with a very difficult balance, which it, it sounds like you accomplished uh, with the plum. So congrats there. But yeah, thank you. Yeah, I really I like heavy topics. I like yes. heavy topics. Um, I feel like I can I can be a very intense person, but I can also be a very chill person. But I just feel like I have a platform to talk about something. And so I want to use it to talk about something that's really important to me and something that affects so many people, men and women, and tell it in a way that it draws the viewer in through the beautiful aesthetics, but then it teaches them something. Exactly. And that's, Mm -hmm. you know, using a platform where it's, it is artistic, it's creative, it's bright, it's colorful. People are going to want to watch it just for those reasons alone. That gives you a broader audience to be sharing something that, you know, people might otherwise just avoid because like you said, it's a difficult, deep topic. Um, Mm -hmm. But I mean, these things are, they're happening when sometimes it, sometimes it feels like we're already past horrible things like this happening in the world, but we're absolutely not. Uh, and, and we need to not only be talking about them, but be talking about them so that there can actually be a change. And so uh, I applaud you for your work being about such difficult topics when, you know, it could so easily be about something easier, (laughs) but, um, so yeah, yeah and I definitely don't do easy. That's for sure. But I also, you know, it's really important for me to bring men into the conversation because I, I feel like, you know, I don't, I don't want to create work that alienates men. You know, I want men to understand that a lot of the violence that happens towards women is done at the hands of men and they need to be a part of the conversation. And, you know, creating spaces for men and women to both speak is really important. Absolutely. No, I, I, I think it's important to not only, because if you're, if you're sort of shaming the other side, right, then, yeah. then those are kind of, that's almost your audience. Like, mm. you know, you, you want to be empowering women, but you also kind of need to be educating men on like, Hey, this is, you know, yes, this happens. This is, you know, what can we do? Um, and yeah, because they're sort of the, I mean, not, not, not broadly speaking, but, uh, the, or maybe broadly speaking, um, they're, they're kind of the, the offenders, uh, no, quite literally. And Um, men just talk to men as well. So, you know, taking us out of the equation and just having, you know, men talk to their friends, like, did you hear about this? What do you think about this? Like, what can we do to change this? Yeah, there is, um, uh, there's a friend of ours, uh, at Superfine. uh, she's based in DC and she, she actually hosts a dinner. Um, it's called, I, I, I don't want to get the name wrong, but it's like blueberries and, and, uh, strawberries or raspberries or something. Um, and it's basically bringing, uh, Democrats and Republicans together, uh, oh, to, yeah have like a dinner together. And then there's, uh, uh, art by, uh, both sides as well. And kind of having a conversation where instead of leaving everyone on one side or the other, kind of reaffirming each other's own beliefs, uh, it's, it's bringing them together. Like 
being able to talk about what uh, what they feel on their side and, and having this more open dialogue. Yeah, and it's important, right? Because we're living in a very divisive, polarized world right now. And everything is so black and white that we're just making assumptions about each other based on, you know, one thing that we said without realizing that, you know, you're a multifaceted person because you believe A doesn't mean that you don't believe B. And so like creating those kinds of situations are so important because you're learning from each other's perspectives, you know, and it's really important to be able to have a balanced conversation with someone rather than just jump down someone's throat because they don't agree with exactly everything you think. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it really is, um, uh, kind of brings me back to, I always like referring to this, to, uh, the Beatles song where they're talking about, uh, so you want to have a revolution and mm-hmm. like, are you, are you really getting what you want out of, out of being angry? Like, it, you know, yes, be angry, but also talk to the person. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. So anyway, uh, my last question for you, this has been such a wonderful conversation, Sandeep. Um, but uh, just kind of closing it on, I guess, a little more of a business note, but it it can be honestly about anything. But um, what is one way that artists out there can be revving up their careers? But that's also that sounds so businessy. So what is one way that artists can be uh, getting what they want out of out of their art? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I guess you have to figure out what you want to get out of your art. You know, like, do you, what, what do you see your career being? Um, you know, do you see yourself as someone who is creating work that is used with interior designers and architects? Are you someone who wants to be in commercial galleries and at art fairs? You know, do you want to do more community-based work and workshops? Um, So it's really, I guess, understanding like what kind of art you want to do, but really working through the fear around it. Because I know for me, fear held me back for so long, you know, just thinking about the fear of sucking, um, the fear of no one liking my work, the fear of failure, and just reaffirming that, oh, well, you sucked. So of course you were going to fail. Um, and I think that anytime you feel fear around something that you want to do, it's such a clear indicator that you need to work through that fear and do that thing. Um, cause you know, I know people who are really talented artists and that fear is so strong that they just can't push through it and they haven't been able to push their work through it either. And it just, it feels so sad to me because I was that person for so long and I really had to do a lot of work to push through that fear. And now I have this multifaceted career. I'm supporting my family on my income. And if someone had told me that five years ago, I would have been like, you're crazy. Like, there's no way. Um, But, you know, I wake up every day and I'm like, I am so privileged. I get to wake up every day and I get to live my life's purpose. I love that. Yeah. it feels you are so quite the inspiration. <laughs> um, thank you. Thank you thank so much you. for that. And yes, all, all of you artists out there listening, first things first, get over that fear. Like, mm-hmm. don't let that be holding you back doing what you, what you want to be doing. Um, there's, there's room out there for all of us to be uh, making, uh, making something with our art careers. 
to all of you business artists out there. Uh, Sandeep has been here with us today sharing her amazing perspective. Thank you again, Sandeep. Uh, you can listen to this in all of our past podcasts on our website at www.superfine.world. And to connect with Sandeep, you can follow her on Instagram at Sandeep Johal Art uh, and also visit www.sandeepjohal.com. As always, remember that we are Superfine Art Fair on Instagram and we always appreciate a share whenever you're listening to and enjoying the artist business plan. And once again, we'd really appreciate it if you could take just a moment of your time to write us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to the artist business plan. Uh, as always, I'd like to wrap up the class by sharing a quick quote with you all. Uh, the quote is by Pablo Picasso, and it is, learn the rules like a pro so you can break them like an artist. <laughs> um, Sandeep, it has been such a pleasure having you with us today. Thank you again for sharing your perspective with our listeners. We are Thank you so, so, so great. much. Um, yeah, I really appreciate you having me on. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Everyone else, have an awesome rest of your day. And remember to stay on top of your artist business plan, get out there and make it happen. Thanks for joining us for another episode of The Artist Business Plan, a weekly business podcast for artist entrepreneurs brought to you by Superfine Art Fair. Hosted by Superfine CEO Alex Mito and co-founder slash professional artist James Milley, join us and leaders in the art, marketing, and business arenas each week for tips, tricks, and value bombs designed to help you thrive and sell more art. For more information on applying to Superfine Art Fair, as well as recordings of this and all of our past podcasts, just visit www.superfine.world. We love to hear what you have to say, so follow us on Instagram at superfineartfair and shoot us a message to let us know you're listening. Looking for a more personal connection or want to exhibit at an upcoming fair? Shoot us an email at artistsmakingmoney at superfine.world and we'll get right back to you. That's artistsmakingmoney at superfine.world.